before we dive together into the gospel, I have some wonderful news to share with you. Those of you who were here when I arrived eight and a half years ago, there was a debt for this building, this church, and the Heritage Center, our social hall, that was $3.6 million. And that brought me very quickly to my knees. God, you got to help us with this. As we together face this challenge, and what was God's response to us? Inviting us together to make a great act of faith based on the words and promise of Christ himself when he said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and everything else will be given and provided to you besides. And so we trusted in this word, in this promise of Christ to us. Because Jesus, while we need to entrust this debt to the Lord, he wants us to keep the focus on him and not allow ourselves to be focused on the debt. And this is what we've done. This is what I love about this community. Our focus is always first on Jesus. Don't you love that? We are all about Jesus here. And be by putting our trust in the Lord, I am glad and happy to announce that we are now down to just below $800,000. <laughs> Brothers, sisters, this is absolutely amazing. For this size of a community to make that much progress on such a large number. This is not happening in a lot of places. There is something special here at St. Peter's. And of course, it is our trust and our faith in God. And this is what has allowed us together to come to this point. And after, we have six more months in this campaign, and when those uncollected uh, uh, pledges are received, the number could drop even as low as 600,000. And so I want to thank you, each and every one of you, for your prayers and anything you have done to help us to make this progress. I feel so blessed to be part of this community. And as your pastor, I am so deeply moved by this. Now, wouldn't it be wonderful if at our September Fall Festival, we could burn the mortgage? Whoa, wouldn't that be amazing? All right. 
Now, God has brought us this far. He can bring us the whole way. So I, I want to recommend three things. Uh, that's four. That's three. There we go. I, I need help with the basics. First of all, let's continue to pray. Let's continue to trust in the Lord who has helped us to come this far. Secondly, let's continue to fulfill the pledges that we made a few years ago. You know, if you are still able, let's complete our obligation to what we pledged a while back. And then thirdly, there are a few situations of families who, because of changing circumstances, were not able to fulfill their pledge, that we would consider making a new commitment either to pick up one of those unfulfilled pledges or to make a new commitment to help us to the finish line. So my friends, thank you so much. This is, this is so beautiful to witness what God can do when we place our faith and our trust in Him. The trust and generosity of this community just overwhelms me as we, we made it this far with this debt. So God bless you. Amen? Can I give you a hand? <laughs> All right, now, let's do what we love to do most. Let's, with Jesus, dive into the Word of God because that's what we're about here. We notice in the Gospels that among the mission and ministry of Jesus, His teaching, His forgiveness of sins, His healing of physical and spiritual ills, a large part of His ministry is what? It's mentioned three times in this Gospel driving out demons. Have you ever wondered why our life on this side of heaven feels like a spiritual battle, some days more than others? These creatures that Jesus calls demons are these fallen angels that rejected God and His plan for them. In the creed we will say, we, we believe in God the Father, creator of heaven and earth, of things visible and invisible. Angels are part of the invisible part of creation, and many of them rejected God and His plan. God's plan for us is always the same, relationship. The reason why He sends His Son to die on the cross and rise from the dead is to forgive our sins and reconcile us with God. Therefore, what is the plan of the devil and these fallen angels? To break our relationship with God. And the devil always works 
gradually. He just starts whittling away at that relationship, making it weaker and weaker and weaker until a person is lost. There are many tactics of the devil. I just want to talk about three of them this morning. Doubt, distractions, delay. Doubt. The devil is always trying to sow doubts in your heart and in mine. And those doubts are primarily three. The devil wants us to doubt that God is with us, that God loves us, and that God has forgiven us. And he wants us to get stuck in these doubts because in the end game, he wants to lead us to disbelief, to destroy our faith altogether so that we cannot benefit from the grace of salvation. What is the remedy? The same one that Jesus teaches us when he himself is tempted. He responds to the devil with the truth of Scripture. This is why Scripture calls the Word of God like a sword, where we can cut down the lies of Satan, or if you prefer, a saber, right, in these days. So if I doubt that God is with me, I can find beautiful truths in the Scriptures where God says, or Jesus, I will not leave you orphans. In fact, I will be with you always, even to the end of the world. And with that truth, I can destroy that doubt so it doesn't get a home in my heart. What if I doubt that God loves me? I can find beautiful revelations of God's love. I have loved you with an everlasting love, God says. And all I have to do is look at a crucifix and to be reminded of how tremendous is the love of God for you and me. What if I doubt that God has forgiven me? That's a common one. I can again find words in the scriptures. Even though your sins are like scarlet, I can make your soul white as snow. As far as the east is from the west, I will take your sins and completely remove them and slay that doubt with the word of God. Yes, I agree. I agree. Distractions. Distractions. The enemy loves to keep a person in a rut of meaningless distractions. Why? Because then we are not aware of God and we are not hearing God. And my friends, this world, our culture, it is so full of distractions. We don't even have to look for them. They're right there. What is the solution? Just the opposite. 
to stop, step back, and be still, and let God speak. And if you and I were to step back and take an inventory, a humble, honest inventory of our lifestyle, and we invited the Holy Spirit into that session, the Holy Spirit would gladly show us what we need to do with some of our distractions. Some of them, although they're good, we go to excess. We overindulge, and therefore we need the Lord's help to bring them into moderation. There are some distractions that God may show us are harmful to our soul and salvation, and those need to go. And we need God's help to let them go. And the Holy Spirit will probably show us that we need to reprioritize our life, to move those distractions to the side and put God back in the center. Delay. We all know this one. The devil loves it. And he's always putting thoughts in our mind. Just delay what God is asking. That overdue confession that we should have made months ago, just put it off. You'll get to it eventually. There are many people who know there's a nagging sting of conscience. Father, I know I should be giving more to the church and doing more for the poor, but never making a decision. Apologizing to someone who hurt us and putting it off, putting it off. And his favorite, putting off prayer. We've all done this because when we do not pray, everything in our life gets harder. And so if the devil can keep us from praying, that is one of his favorite. Oh, you'll get to it later. You got too much to do here. And how many of us have done this? I'll pray at the end of the day. And then we get to the day and we plop on the bed, our Father who art in heaven. Now, if that's the regular way of our prayer, that is not going to help us to live our Christian life. There's an exception where on occasion we might fall asleep. But if that's the norm, we got to put that prayer somewhere else in a better spot. So here's where we need the Lord's strength. Why we need Jesus to give us himself once again in the Eucharist. Because my friends, we cannot defend ourselves from the devil, these fallen angels, with our own strength. The Lord Jesus is the one who will help us so that you and I can enjoy the freedom of the children of God and that we can know the joy of an intimate, deep relationship with God. 
Amen.